Hi there, and welcome to the Engage MarTech podcast. Research shows the marketing function is playing an increasingly important role within the organization, as advances in marketing technology enable greater customer understanding and insight, allowing organizations to increasingly personalize and tailor their offering to ever more demanding and proactive customers. For over a decade, we've helped some of the world's biggest brands engage, understand, and consistently deliver on the expectations of their customers through our industry-leading conferences and online digital media. Find out more, visit engagemartech.com. Today, our podcast host, Andrew, is joined by Katie Lambert, Growth Marketing Lead at LinkedIn. Having worked in roles both embedded and alongside sales at LinkedIn and Amazon, Katie has learned the importance of using common metrics, tailored messages, and empathy to build strategic partnerships with sales. Today, her role is leading acquisition for LinkedIn hiring solutions in EMEA and LATAM. It requires problem solving, creative thinking, and strong alignment with sales development. We're going to actually be asking uh, some really great questions to Katie Lambert from LinkedIn. So Katie, could you come and join me on stage, please? So you have got a really important growth marketing lead role at LinkedIn. Yes, I do. And you have the real great honor of having 10 minutes more to be uh, interviewed, sorry, not interrogated. And we have nine compelling questions here for you. Sounds great. Yes, let's do it. Excellent, (laughs) excellent. So can you tell us a little bit about your role before we dive into the questions? Sure. Um, So my role is to acquire new customers um, for LinkedIn's hiring solution business. So hiring solutions is basically getting people jobs, which is one of the things LinkedIn's really known for. Um, And my role is to basically acquire the leads, um, more my team's role is to acquire those leads and then feed them into our sales partners. Um, So yeah, that's kind of why I want to talk today about collaboration between the two departments, because it's really important um, and something I do weekly. And and that's great, so leading in even as if we planned this. Um, So so why is collaboration between marketing and sales so important? Good question. (laughs) Um, So I think it's so important mainly for kind of two big reasons. First of all, I find it helps with job satisfaction if you have good collaboration. Um, I know, like, I bet we can all think of that kind of sales partner or maybe marketing partner where that collaboration is less than ideal and it can just be a bit of a drain um, and as we go out, like throughout this conversation, I want you to kind of think of that relationship and like how you might apply some of these principles to that relationship. Um, so that's number one. And then number two is um, it's really important for business impact. Um, there's um, a lot of changing in the way we sell today, definitely in the B2B world. Um, so research that LinkedIn has done on their um, state of sales report um, sees kind of four key trends that make it super difficult to sell today. So first of all, uh, the hybrid working environment means that buyers are really geographically spread. Um, So 60% of buyers are working in a hybrid way. Secondly, buyers have been in control of so much data. They've got product comparisons, they've got customer testimonials. Um, So they've never had more information at their fingertips about your company. Um, So how can you, kind of really create that cohesive journey and that cohesive message. Um, actually today, uh, buyers only spend about 5% of the purchase time with a seller. So um, we need to kind of be helping the sales teams out there. Um, thirdly, the amount of people involved in a buying journey, a buying decision is increasing. So buying committees have gone from about six to last year, 13 people involved in that buying decision. 
And then finally, uh, the macroeconomy is making it more challenging than ever. So companies are kind of cutting those nice-to-have investments uh, in favor for those must-have investments. Um, so all of these kind of four trends mean that um, really, as marketing teams, we need to be helping these reps out and like getting these deals closed. Um, it's never been more important. Um, and if you look at kind of top-performing sales professionals, um, which has LinkedIn research defined as achieving 150% of their quota, they're twice as likely to say they have a good relationship with marketing versus um, people at quota or below. Wow, that's really interesting, some data points there. Um, so what's, if, it, if it's so important, you've given some really compelling reasons as to why it is, what's the key ingredient that makes collaboration happen? Good question. Um, I think there's four things uh, in my experience I found help. Um, so first of all, it's about building relationships with the sales stakeholders. So getting to know them on a personal level um, and kind of understanding where they're coming from. Um, in my current role, this has meant doing, I guess, like extracurricular activities. <laughs> so I mentor top performers in their teams. I host fireside chats like this and their offsites. I'm having coffee chats, like lunches with these um, key stakeholders and getting to know them on a personal level. Secondly, it's about adjusting to the audience. And I think this comes when you've got empathy with that stakeholder and you understand where they're coming from. Um, but the things I find really important to know about salespeople is they're super motivated in quarters. Their targets are set in quarters. Often their livelihoods depend on quarters. So how can you grab their attention with how what you're doing is going to impact them this quarter and get to their goal? Um, and then you'll really start kind of grabbing their attention and, and helping with those conversations. Um, thirdly, trying to talk in common metrics. Um, so uh, often in marketing, we have like great campaigns that are doing lots of different things. Um, I remember I presented a, a really ca campaign that I was really proud that the team had delivered um, and said we had an 85 NPS score. And the room was just completely blank faces. <laughs> they didn't share my enthusiasm for that uh, metric, even though in marketing it, it's a very good metric. <laughs> um, so trying to talk in kind of terms that are like for like, um, I found revenue is the key here. Um, so as much as we can to try and talk in revenue, how it's going to impact them this quarter. Um, and then the third piece is adjusting to audience. So as I'm talking here, like how do you talk in their kind of uh, quarterly goals, revenue goals, um, and, and come together. And then finally, it's planning together. So ideally, you're coming uh, to your yearly plans, your half yearly plans as equal stakeholders in that plan and building it together. Um, and then the rest will fall into place. That's brilliant. As a man who's measured his career on the number of quarters, that uh, <laughs> makes me smile. Um, so you know, where's, where's this worked well in your experience? Yeah, I think a lot of it's consistently over time. So the more you kind of show up in these ways, the more you'll build that trust, the more you have great collaboration. Um, in LinkedIn, uh, an example kind of comes to mind uh, most recently where we saw some research um, that we weren't going to market in a very good way in a certain European market. We needed a higher touch sales approach, so more focus on relationship building, and we needed a more localized marketing push. Um, so during joint planning sessions um, with this sales director, I was able to present this research, adjust it to his audience, so talk about how it would help reach his goals in quarter, the two quarters we'd be planning the pilot, um, talk about it in revenue terms. In this case, it was um, a 1.1 million uplift we were forecasting, um, and be really specific about what it required from his team. 
Um, so we launched this pilot last quarter. It's going really well. Uh, we're looking to extend it in this market and potentially launch it in a couple of other markets. Excellent. So um, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't really be a, a, a question um, or a session, an interview session, if we didn't ask you what some of the common blockers are to strong collaboration. Yeah, it's a good question. So I think blockers, I mean, they kind of come down to what's good, how we collaborate well. So it's kind of like the other side of the coin. But um, I think those kind of three main blockers I found are different time frames between the two teams, uh, different metrics, and then not adjusting to your audience. So different time frames. As we talked about then, uh, sales are very motivated by quarters, like their livelihoods depend on those quarters. Um, so rightly so, um, they should be kind of thinking in, in, that, in that time frame. And then if you look at marketing campaigns, generally they'll pass like multiple quarters, maybe even years. So how can we kind of break down the milestones and talk about it in quarterly terms with this audience? Um, this also applies to meetings. I remember uh, when I was starting out, I planned a sales enablement session in the last week of a quarter, so kind of crunch time for closing those that, deals. That, that, that well. <laughs> yeah, me and the two other people that attended uh, got to know each other very well, so I'll never do that again. <laughs> uh, and then the second piece is, um, yeah, adjusting to your audience. So um, talking to them about the why, like how is this going to help to get to their goals? And then finally, it's that talking revenue wherever possible, like how many deals is this going to drive? Um, I wonder if those kind of three things, uh, you're guilty of that with one of your stake stakeholders and how you might start to turn that around uh, going forward. Excellent. You, you talked about metrics in your last answer. And so I'd like to look at this. How do you use common metrics to, to actually obviously measure campaigns that don't necessarily drive a revenue number so can't be clearly defined? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Um, and I think when you look at kind of brand campaigns or maybe sometimes events, uh, it is more difficult to say, right, we're going to do this and it's going to drive this revenue in this quarter, ideally. Um, so what I've done to approach those is, first of all, trying to break it down and say like, okay, so maybe we're doing a big brand push in this quarter. We expect that to lead to this and then it will lead to this and then we'll drive conversion here. So it's kind of breaking it down and showing like when that revenue is hopefully going to come. Um, and then secondly, I think if it's not able to kind of be broken down into those milestones, um, are we able to talk about the kind of the why? Like maybe we're seeing competitors doing this. Maybe we're seeing research that's showing our unaided awareness is going down in a certain area. So trying to talk about milestones and then also um, like the kind of the why behind the campaigns. Brilliant answer. So, so you've done a lot to reposition yourself as a real ally and enabler for the number of salespeople. How have you managed to move from being seen as this that transactional person who arranges meetings at the end of quarter to that strategic part? Yeah, uh, good question. I think like in marketing, this can be a really critical challenge. Often sales departments are so much bigger, you're dealing with more senior people. So it is like the million dollar question, how can you move from that tactical to a strategic partner? Um, three things I found. First of all, knowing leadership team priorities, like being really clear on what those are and how important they are and the relative importance of them. Then how is marketing going to help to get to those priorities? How can we kind of refer back to that and talk to that consistently? And finally, de developing that give and take relationship and making sure it's a mutual one. Um, it's funny, uh, this is obviously the, the title of the Spire Side Chat. So I was discussing this with a sales stakeholder last week. 
And he kind of burst out laughing and he was like, this is exactly what we get told in sales training. <laughs> like developing that give and take relationship with strategic customers um, makes the relationship more sticky. So every time you're giving something to a customer, you should be asking for something back as well. And you'll be seen as that more strategic partner. So essentially what you're doing is you're using sales training, but with this internal relationship um, to make it more sticky. Um, and it could be as easy as when you're giving marketing updates, making sure you're asking sales to give their updates as well and tell you what's going on in their world and how their priorities are going. Um, or if there's a big marketing campaign, making sure sales are briefed, have the resources and understand they can, how they're going to work that extra volume. Um, so essentially, you're kind of being a salesperson, but for your marketing campaigns. <laughs> That's a very good one. Uh, a, a little bit controversial, sales, salespeople can seem a little bit uh, contentious or even introduce conflict sometimes. Um, so how do you deal with that or even blankly when they don't listen to you? <laughs> yes, I think salespeople are very good at pushing and negotiating um, and that's, that's, that's essentially what their job is as well. So it, it does come with the territory. Um, first of all, I think like if you're having conflict, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, good teams will be storming, forming and norming and creating conflict actually makes you have the best ideas. Like if we didn't have conflict, we'd all be yes people and we'd be doing stuff just to avoid conflict rather than for business impact. So I think it's really important to have conflict. Ideally, the conflict's during planning <laughs> rather than when you're doing the campaigns or you're in the kind of trenches and doing things. So um, ideally, you're having that conflict uh, at planning stages. And then what I would do is um, try and take the heat out of the situation, probably have a kind of that one-on-one -on -one conversation with the person that the conflict's occurring with. Um, hopefully, you've got a good relationship with them already, so you can kind of grab them, take them aside and, and grab a coffee or a virtual coffee um, and kind of understand the kind of the drivers and the context between um, their, their uh, conflict. I've often found that uh, it's about the tactics rather than about the overall goal. So can you kind of level up to that common goal that you both have? If you still are having conflict, um, I would just work out who the decision maker is that on this and defer to them. In LinkedIn, we have uh, a decision-making framework called Rapid. Um, so for every kind of area, we have a clear decision maker. That might be me, that might be the sales stakeholder, or it might be someone else. Um, and so kind of driving that decision and then either agreeing or disagreeing, but just committing and moving forward, um, I found is really helpful. Brilliant. So we, traditionally, you've had a chief marketing officer, a chief sales officer, but we see now that there's the rise of the chief revenue officer, chief customer officer. Do you share in, in LinkedIn somebody who brings the marketing and sales teams together? And if so, what are the benefits that you're seeing around that? Yeah, I think there's definitely these uh, different titles and new titles coming up. Like we see this on LinkedIn uh, with different jobs being posted and we kind of track this. So if you want to check that out, there's, there's a report that will tell you all these new job titles. Um, right now in LinkedIn, uh, we don't have the same leadership team. So we are in different departments. Um, but I meet weekly with my uh, stakeholders and then it goes into the C-suite where there's the same leadership team. Um, and I think it's uh, and at Amazon, where I was previously, we, we reported directly into the same boss. So that was a, a cross-functional team. And I found like it doesn't necessarily matter about the structure. It's about those principles that you apply um, that, that make it really important. Um, that co-planning. So at LinkedIn, um, I'll plan with my sales stakeholders. We'll do a bottoms-up plan where we say, right, 
my team is going to drive this amount of MQLs and then we need this amount of sales headcount and we'll go in with kind of our joint tasks and then there'll be a top-down version and we'll meet in the middle. Um, so that just becomes really important that you're kind of both coming to the table as equals, you're building that strategic relationship and you're adapting to uh, the metrics that you both can drive. Brilliant. And, and so if you were to give some advice to the audience here about things that they could change when they walk out of the room, things that they could actually action, what would they be? Yeah, I think the key thing I found is building those relationships. Um, so super tangible. You could do this tomorrow with that sales stakeholder that you were thinking of at the start. Like grab them for a coffee, understand where they're coming from, what their goals are. And I think once you've got a good grounding in that relationship, the rest will start to fall into place. You'll build empathy for them. You'll be able to adjust to, to their needs and their audience and show how your team can help get their team there. Um, when I started at LinkedIn, there was a real stuck in the mud uh, sales director who it didn't come organically with. Um, and we were kind of having a lot of friction. Um, so I took a step back and just had some honest conversations with him, applied these principles. Um, and we ended up jointly driving some really great projects for his market um, that grew it to be one of the fastest in Emir Latam. So super tangible, you could do it tomorrow or next week. Um, and yeah, I found it really drives um, good business impact as well as job satisfaction. That's absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on stage and, uh, and batting all those questions back. <laughs> Is there any closing remark that you would actually give about where you see the future of sales and marketing working together going? Yeah, I think, I think there's so many trends that we're seeing, like I was talking about earlier, that hybrid, that increase in buying committees, um, the amount of time that buyers actually spend directly with sellers, and then the macro, which I don't think is going away, sadly, the, the bad macroeconomic situation. But it's just making it so much more complex, and really the goalposts are moving, and these departments need to come together and kind of address those new challenges um, to, have, to have business impact. Brilliant. Thank you so much indeed. Can I have a huge round of applause, please? Thank you. Thank you.